Heidi ho everyone, and welcome to the Whatcha God podcast, where we talk topics A to Z and everything in between. I'm Jordan Palmer, joined as always by Charlie Budd, and today we're making a minor pivot and treading into new waters, the depths of censorship. This particular topic can extend beyond popular culture, and I'm going to pass the aux to you, bud, because there was something that inspired this episode. I know the people yeah. are on the edges of their seats, probably wondering what that is. So without further ado, Charlie, what you got? All right, Palmer. Well, today we're going to kick it off with the censorship topic, which was brought to my attention because of the Netflix story. So I don't know if you saw, but there was a, an article in like, I think it was, you know, Hollywood reporter or variety or one of those, you know, film and television magazines. But regardless, the story, the headline is Netflix removes a scene from the very first season of stranger things. That scene in particular is the one where Jonathan is outside of uh, Steve and Nancy's house or whatever, and they're like up in the, uh, one of them's rooms, and he's like taking photos of them, right? They cut mm. that scene out. People who had the hard copies of the DVD noticed when they were watching it on Netflix, because for some reason they still streamed it, <laughs> um, uh, noticed that the scene was completely missing. So they went back into their DVD box set that they have, I guess, of season one, saw that, hey, this scene is just completely cut. And it was kind of flew under the radar. I don't think anybody really caught on to this because it wasn't like Netflix made an announcement, had any explanation as to why they're doing it. As far as I'm aware, they haven't made this kind of announcement. And they were just kind of hoping people wouldn't notice, I think. Mm. And um, which, you know, sparks a lot of interesting kind of, you know, discussions about like whether like is this going to be a norm for companies to do this kind of going forward because – if you weren't like somebody who has like the like the physical copies of the DVDs from Stranger Things season one, like you will never see this scene. There's no version of it online anywhere. It's just completely cut and removed, and they just kind of hit it from everybody. They tried to get away with it, but people were, you know, it's the internet. You can't really delete anything forever. Reach. So, um. People always find a way to dig stuff up, and people were able to, like, you know, call that out. I think it's kind of impressive that they were able to do that at all, but uh, here we are. So, you know, I pass the, you know, pass it to you, Palmer. Like, what are your thoughts on this? Like, do you, like, why do you think Netflix, to begin with, like, let's just start with like the Stranger Things scene to, at first. Like, why do you think they deleted that scene? Mm. Um, and what are your thoughts about the whole thing? Yeah, no, I'm just going <laughs> to to follow up on what you said. It is amazing that someone would have the box set and still go through a screen, but I get it, you know, convenience. I like mm -hmm. that. I like that. In terms of the actual scene, so I've, I think I've watched through season one twice, and I definitely knew the scene that you were talking about. Um, and it's funny because I remember in the context of it when I originally watched, I was like, oh, this says a lot about jonathan because this is super duper creepy and it's like mm -hmm. a i'm not gonna say it's a kid show but it's not like like he was sh like saw anything or anything crazy was happening but mm -hmm. uh within like the context of like you know the rating i should say um yeah. but uh <laughs> like it's funny because i just think about it and i, I didn't think anything of, of it like at the time but looking at it now i still don't see i think once again i think it's a tool used to kind of further the character of jonathan because he was that loner didn't have a lot of friends kind of socially awkward and i think it furthered that but now looking at it i guess there is that push and that notion that there is a line now and mm -hmm. we can't cross that line um in terms of media like uh in terms of i guess things we show in media is a better way to say that and it's interesting too because i mean that's i guess within the context of the year 2022 but this is supposed to take place in the year what 1980 i think the original mm -hmm. season was like 83 and so I think that it's, in my opinion, a disservice to take it out because I'm not going to say there's nothing wrong about, you know, taking a picture of someone <laughs> like that. But mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, like it's, it's, it's within the context of a fictional setting. So that's, that's where I stand. But I'm curious what your thoughts are because I know you just laid it out there. But do you think I'm off base or do you kind of agree? So I guess... I'm my question to you real quick is like, do you think they removed it because it wasn't necessarily like something that suited like a 2022 kind of audience? Like people aren't receptive to that kind of thing or like they're, they, they like, or is that what you're kind of getting at? 
Yeah, I think it's like within this day and age, mm-hmm. not so much it's a matter of like say we can't use that, like we can't see it now, but I think it's just our what's the proper word for this? Our sensitivity to that kind of thing is mm-hmm. higher. Mm-hmm. So that's why they went through and they made the adjustment. I can understand that. Like but part of me is also like I feel like stories are good like avenues to explore topics like this. And I think part of me wants to say that like yeah, maybe they did remove it because of like the 2022 thing. And I think that is definitely like an aspect of it. Like being like you know, we're more sensitive to that kind of stuff. I mean, the season 1 aired in what like 2014, 2015. It's definitely, you know, old or I want to say like maybe 2016. 2016. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so it's it's like it's an older show. I mean, it's like that's you know six years ago at this point uh, i mean pretty wild but like also i don't think that was i mean while i think that was a part of it i think the bigger reason was is that they had that scene in the show probably with the intention to write jonathan a different way and then ended up scrapping that idea after they've had more seasons with him and then they kind of you know built him to be more of like no he's actually kind of just like a normal guy misunderstood right yeah. And that's kind of like how I think season one weirdly kind of ends with him. Like, I will agree that that scene is kind of like an outlier, but at the same time, it, it like we didn't really get that much time with him because in season one, I feel like he's misunderstood. He's, he's kind of seen as misunderstood, but then at the same time, he also has like these weird tendencies as well as like the whole photography thing. And even just like, that's not even like the first instance where he takes like photos of people like quote unquote, like spying on them. Right. Like he, he goes in and does that throughout season one, but like, it's kind of like in secret. He's always, he does that. Uh, but like at the same time, he's like misunderstood, but he's definitely like weird. Right. He's definitely like just kind of an odd dude. And they definitely intended to write him differently. And I think by the end of season one, people liked his character. And then going into season two, liked it even more that they kind of ditched that entire side of his character Mm -hmm. and like completely scrapped whatever idea that they had moved forward with that. And now look back at that scene and are like, uh, you know, it doesn't really work for his character. We never really pursued it. And also, like, you know, we, we don't want that to kind of be, like, something that holds him back as, like, a character that people, like, like, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, maybe and maybe also part of, like, the, oh, he's a little sensitive, like, 2022, why are we, like, propping up him as, like, a hero, like, a good guy if he does stuff like this on the side in season one? Like, you know, that's kind of problematic in its own way, so we're just gonna, you know, axe that entire scene entirely. Uh, because it just doesn't fit his character anymore. And that is why I think they did it. Um, Interesting. But should they have done it is the next question. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I do know that Steve's character was originally, I think, supposed to be killed off at mm-hmm. the end of season one, but they just liked the actor so much that they kept him around. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that's it threw off what they were planning on doing with Jonathan's character. Mm-hmm. But in thinking about this particular scene, I mean, in acting, there are these notions of private moments in terms of, you know, a character that you'd see who'd be normally super buttoned up, but in a moment, say it's a prince, right? And he's eating a sandwich mm-hmm. and he spills some mustard on his shirt or on his like, you know, arm. And as opposed to doing the proper thing of taking a napkin and then just like wiping it off, like he literally takes his finger, like runs it and grabs it and then just puts it back in his mouth. Like simple mm-hmm. things like that. So in terms of thinking about the character of Jonathan and how they could have built him or just added that in, I mean, it's obviously super creepy. We can all admit to that. But I think it also kind of gives him this other layer. And it can help to show in, in many regards as he became a more well-liked character and kind of got away from that, his growth too. Yeah. I Yeah, it's probably like another thing like, it, yeah, it, like as you said, like talking about the Steve thing, yeah, he probably, they probably just had, when Steve was, a lo- was supposed to be killed off, Jonathan probably had a completely different character direction. And I, I agree with you on the fact that, like, yeah, there's like these private 
moments but the problem is is that i guess they just didn't explore it in the end like that you never have these moments ever again by jonathan so like this is only happening in season one and he is kind of portrayed as like somebody we've initially just misunderstood and is actually just a really good person and um overall just like a you know a normal person uh who's just you know doesn't necessarily fit the status quo of you know social movements or whatever you know whatever the cool kids are into but i think it kind of leads into a bigger thing here so in thinking about just that scene but also just popular media as a whole like we can see like we can go back and we've seen like there are certain family guy cutaway gags that are no longer around because they've been cut out i guess because they no longer i guess reflect the best kinds of comedy in some like in the opinions of some and i'm not saying i know i'm not giving it i like it or i don't like it it's just some people say that. So it's interesting that we're not only seeing that in Stranger Things, but we've seen it across the board. And this extends not only to you know film and TV shows, but books as well. And so I'm curious for you because it kind of comes down to this notion. I know that for Jonathan's character, it was all about like character growth and development and perception for him. But when it comes to just the need to maybe change some of these things or censor them... Do you think that's justified or do you think it should be maintained as it originally was because it kind of acts as a a time capsule for where we were as a society? So, yeah, I think I'm kind of in the camp of that we should have preserved it. I mean, even if it's not something you kind of explore, like, I don't know. All right. So I guess there's like also an argument here that could be made that, you know, how we have like director's cuts of movies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, same argument, right? Like you look at a movie like Blade Runner, okay? Like that movie has so many different cuts of it from the original theatrical release of the film, which nobody should watch, by the way. Don't watch the theatrical cut of the film. You want to watch like the final cut or the director's cut. There, are, like, there's so many different cuts of that movie that have like different kind of edits that add things in, take things out. Um, like I understand that, but. And, like, you can maybe argue that this is, like, the director's cut of season one of Stranger Things. But my argument there, like, where that argument is really weak is that it's removing one scene and that's it. It just removes one particular scene for the sake of maybe, like, you know, driving a character, like, writing it better than you originally had planned. Hmm. And I don't know how much I necessarily like that. I, I don't under I like I can understand like the director's cut versions of a movie because like maybe there's like extra stuff you wanted to add or maybe you wanted to do, but they're also sold as like separate things, right? You can still have access to the original Blade Runner if you want to see it. Like the theatrical release is not like gone forever, like Stranger Things season one's original release basically is, unless you have the hard copy of it. And I don't know if you buy Stranger Things DVDs. For season one now, it's going to have that scene in it. Like, I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. assuming it would because maybe they're older and are made mm-hmm. like no longer like um, producing those like on, di- on discs. But who's to say? Maybe they're still, you know, uh, maybe they're trying to get rid of all those and only remaking see. the new versions of it. I'm not so hopeful. Do you remember? Oh, gosh. Star Wars Episode 6. Mm-hmm. At the end, when everybody's celebrating, and Luke looks over and he sees the little like holograms of Yoda, Obi Wan, yeah. and they edited Hayden Christensen into it. Yep. After season three, and then they just started releasing that as all the box sets. That's like, true. Every, every DVD. Has yeah, it. that's true. That is true. It is like, but that's like, so, yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's prevalent, but like, I, yeah, there's no like version of it that you can get that has the original, right? Like, it's probably you'd probably be very hard pressed to find like the original Star Wars Episode Six cut where they don't like CGI in Hayden Christensen, like as <laughs> freaking uh, Darth Vader. Um, it's just it's it's it is silly in that way, and like, but like that to me, like I don't know, it's so nuanced, like it that like that is like it doesn't it's not that impactful because it like serves more to the story, like because they obviously did the prequels later on in the series, and it's just like yeah, it's a little bit more for like continuity's sake, like it's just a nice little quality of life change, if you will. Uh, but yeah. this is just like oh, we're cutting this out because we just didn't like we didn't have the Jonathan going this character direction, and I think like in it 
I don't want to use like a you know slippery slope fallacy, but it can kind of go down like that route. Well, how often can you know shows that are always online now, like because these all these streaming shows, just go back in and just like remove things because a like oh we didn't want to go in that direction. So guess what? We've replaced an entire episode of season one that like just makes more sense. We reshot it five years later, so it makes more sense now. And it's just like no, you can't just do that like <laughs> like yeah. um no. and i completely understand i mean like that's like definitely like a logical fallacy to kind of say like oh this is just opening the floodgates next they're gonna do this and then this and then this like definitely like that's not a good argument to make but personally i i just think like you know i i don't see why that scene was so necessary to remove for them like it clearly it carried weight in someone's mind like that scene was not even that impactful to me. Like I was like, honestly, I had to read what scene it was not, not like I was going to go rewatch. I'm sure if I rewatched season one, I don't know if I would have caught it. Honestly, like I, I, I might've probably, because I have like, like season one is imprinted in my brain really well Yeah. because it is, it was like the first season of stranger things. It was really good. I watched it like two or three times. So I probably would have caught it, but I, I like, I don't know. It didn't. It's not like a standout. I kind of forgot that scene had even existed until they. I read an article about it. So, um, I don't know. I just it for me personally. I just don't really like the idea that this is something that people can do. Like what, you know, I, I kind of like to have things stand as is. Or and if you need to release kind of like a different cut, it needs to have something that's like significant and also be re-released as like another version you can buy like a director's cut for instance i don't mind that because it's usually like it's usually makes the movie like better in a way um or like it it adds to it it doesn't necessarily take away Mm. yeah no dude i actually i really agree with that because i mean how many people wish they could go back and change something in their filmography like oh i wish i had of course cut that scene out or you know done this different or we didn't have that line or been delivered differently i think it's kind of like if you can always go back in the past and change things and nothing matters because and this is getting philosophical now but it's just like we need to i think progress this way and just learn from that it's not necessarily yeah. a matter of going back and changing it I agree. I think you also need to be able to like look back at past mistakes and be like, they should have seen this as like a learning moment where whenever they do a new next project, be like, okay, we should plan our characters better. Like, okay, if, like you know, we should really plan to make sure that you know things make more sense later on. That we don't have a scene that we kind of regret. Like we clearly put a lot of time and effort into having this side of him, Jonathan, show, but then we kind of just say, eh, screw that idea because we got greenlit for more seasons. Um, like they definitely like. I think it should be a lesson learned. And like going on your point, like I feel like a movie director or anyone like who has who creates the films or television shows will always feel like there's a flaw in their film even after it's done. I feel like if you give someone an infinite amount of time to make the perfect movie, they will never finish it because they will always think about like, okay, you know what? I, you know, I just came up with a better idea. We're sitting in the editing booth. We're in post-production, but I've just realized that this would be way better if we shot it with a pirate ship instead of like a, (laughs) instead of like a a speedboat, like a little dinky. So, you know what? We got to get everybody back into the studio Come get the cat, get Mike get everybody. You know, somebody get me a pirate ship. We're gonna shoot it again, and we're then we're going to splice it into the movie. <laughs> like you know, yep. like and, and like there's like a good metaphor. Like there's definitely an even a real life comparison. Hilariously, it, it comes with a game called uh, I think it's called Star Citizen. I think. Okay. Um, it's basically a game where it's it's crowdfunded. Right. It's people who are enthusiastic about it just, you know, are giving money to the project. So this like guy and his team can build a game together. Uh, the game was announced like 12 years ago and it is still not done because they keep adding more and more features to the game over time because they're not held by any like production company or anyone they don't have a deadline they just Mm. keep getting people to um they keep do they keep getting people to give them money it is the highest budget game 
of all time of like almost half a billion dollars and there is still no announced release date for it because they keep adding features. It is a game that will infinitely never come out. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, see, dude, you need... And it's funny. A lot of times when you hear about artists and their projects that they absolutely love, mm-hmm. they're always going back to the board like, I can do it better. I can do this better. I can do that better. And, you know, you can never... It's never perfected. You only perfect yourself. Like, as yeah, you only perfect yourself going forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually funny. So, Leonard Cohen, the songwriter of, like, the song Hallelujah, you know, that, like, everybody loves. Yeah. And, like, that was, like, the theme of the Trump <laughs> like, <laughs> campaign back in 2020. Yeah. He, um, so, I'm pretty sure he, like, wrote it and rewrote it just over the course of years. Like, maybe, like, 20 years. He was changing up lyrics and doing all these different things because he's like, it has to be perfect. And, I don't know if he ever resolved it or if, I don't know if he's dead and died before he got a chance to and it just is what it is but it's I mean it's a great song and mm-hmm. it probably wouldn't great like with some other lyrics but you know some people just hold themselves to that standard and we keep chasing that excellence but how often do we achieve it and I don't think he, like the person who creates it can possibly tell you that the product that they made is perfect like mm-hmm. you know like I can't just go around saying like this. This short story I wrote is the greatest thing you'll ever read. I sound like a con man if I do that. Like it's the best thing ever. <laughs> oh man! Well, it's funny too because like when it comes to art, it's not binary. It's not like um, no, it's a sprinter where you can actually know what time would be like the greatest of all time. It's just it's it is what it is, and it's all mm-hmm. based on our own interpretation. Exactly, and that so when people like i need the perfection like no you you do you what like perfection to me i don't know like i don't think anything could be perfect like there's no perfect film out there there's no like perfect tv show there's definitely movies and tv shows that have come close you know they stood the test of time you know they're con- the widely considered classics, some of the greatest, but none of those films. I'm sure if you asked like Francis Ford Coppola if he could go back and fix the God, like if he had anything that he wanted to fix in The Godfather, he'd probably give you a list like a hundred miles long about yep. things that he'd want to fix in that movie. And it is widely considered one of the greatest films of all time. So, and like, and the same thing can be said for other any of those like you know considered classics. I'm sure. Orson Welles would probably tell you up and down that Citizen Kane is not a good movie or even like a perfect movie to him. Like, even though he's a perfectionist and he'd probably tell you it's not like he, he would need to fix it. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm so, I would love to hear your take on when someone thinks something is perfect, but it's, I guess, widely believed it isn't seeing how some of those, super artsy directors go for you know the, and not even directors like super artsy people go for something and the world's like i don't know if that's what we want like cha- like for example um nabokov wrote what lolita which mm-hmm. is about i guess relationship between like a an older guy and like a, a very young girl and i mean in his mind that was super artistic and uh and i guess modern day minds that's kind of problematic <laughs> so i guess what are, what are your thoughts i, I mean that? i don't know sometimes i feel like artists the world hates it sometimes i feel like artists are like just so like de- like detached from like reality sometimes like i mean like you read about like some of these like famous like directors of like what they wanted to do and you're just like why are you like this it's just like a little degeneracy at the like Stanley Kubrick, for example, Bro, he wanted. I was about to bring him up. He wanted, and I'm not even. This is true. He wanted to film, like a pornographic film, with A-list Hollywood actors. Like that's what he wanted to do. That was his like dream. I'm like, bro. <laughs> And that he got really close to that with eyes wide shut. With eyes wide shut. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Um, but like that was what he wanted to do. I'm like, why? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is your dream? Why, why is, is that goal? what you want to do? Like, I don't understand. And like, oh, also like people like Lars von Trier, like that guy, literally makes the weirdest movies. Like, I, why is this what you want to make as like a yep. film? I can, and I, I, I just like he made *Nymphomaniac*, volumes one to three, 
and like again uses like a-list hollywood actors doing all that but it's not actually them it's like their faces on uh you know body models but like why why go that far for the like what's the point like i don't understand like the creative uh i don't know i just but like i mean i can kind of understand it but like this is like that's like it's like an example of like you know fucking like artists being fucking weird (laughs) they're just they're just weird people and like they just don't really know like people gave like a round of applause to uh blue is the warmest color at uh at whatever that film festival is i can't even remember it cans and and like um you get out of like a standing ovation i watched that movie let me tell you that was weird. <laughs> it was a weird movie. <laughs> but no, but dude, I like I love the fact that we live in a world where that can be held to such a high high standard. Mm-hmm. Like I watched 2001: A Space Odyssey. This is why I was going to bring Kubrick up. Yeah. Bro, I watched it Bro. on an airplane and most of it is super experimental. Like you're just seeing the colors change and mm-hmm. looking at a guy's eye as the colors change and then you're just looking at these like space sequences and things oh, yeah. music's playing but nothing's really happening and to me I'm like I don't know if I can necessarily appreciate that but I know people that is their all-time Listen, favorite movie I like the experimental bizarre stuff I liked 2001 a space odyssey as weirdos of a hell of that movie that is I really liked it I mean I like the bizarre weird stuff but I also know that I'm like not like normal like film taste like you know like Blue is the warmest color. It's a good movie, but is it strange? Yes, it's very weird. I mean, there's just like it. There's, I don't know why, but it's like a 15 minute sex scene. I don't understand why it needs to be that long. I just don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> don't understand. What, what is the streaming on? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I just don't get it. Um, <laughs> it's it's great, but I mean, like once again, it's sometimes people do the wide, and sometimes you know they get it right and. The majority of people like it, and people wouldn't have actually thought. I know. Here's a movie I watched not too long ago, uh, The Last Tango in Paris with mm-hmm. Marlon Brando. Yeah, I watched. Okay, we talk about like kind of a pornographic. Okay, it was. <laughs> we got to throw an explicit on this episode. I just got to let the people know. <laughs> very, very explicit <laughs> but, episode. Um, yeah, this is not worth the direction, but uh, it was like I actually like. I thought it was a very fascinating movie in terms of just a very unique perspective, a, a fresh story that you don't really see. But it was like widely panned by people as being over the top. But other people absolutely love it. So I guess when it comes to censorship, how do you get to decide, or how does like, an entity get to decide what can what can fly and what can't? I mean, Any thoughts I, there. And I think that's kind of why we have like the rating system, right? Like, um, is it perfect? Probably not. But like, that's kind of why it exists. You know, I'm I'm in the camp that like. You know, bar showing like straight up like hate speech and a couple other incredibly grotesque or you know snuff kind of films. Like, you know, you can kind of go with whatever. <laughs> you know, like as long as like you know, there's like a a purpose to it. Like, I, I feel like a lot of the times people just do it for shock value, and that's not necessarily what I prefer. Like, if you want to have like, I don't know. <laughs> extremely violent you know movies or television shows like there needs to be a reason for that like mm. i don't know like I, there just needs to be a reason <laughs> like you don't want like, <laughs> chaos and gore just for the sake of for the sake of it i feel like sometimes when i've been watching the boys oh uh, bro i freaking love that show show's oh, great geez. i love it but i've been watching it and i'm like this show is like kind of over the top gory <laughs> i think they actually go for that though because they kind of go to show like it's the dark side of all the superhero comic books yeah I, I think it's like a good commentary on like it's like definitely like it's not all fun and games right it's just like these people are just like they're superhuman they're showing you in the most almost like cartoonish fashion of like how utterly violent like people who who would have these kind of powers are right like i mean the amount of times i've seen people's guts explode from the like from inside is kind of absurd on that show like (laughs) dude or have somebody's face get like blown off or something crazy like that. like wild stuff the the amount of time the 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 popping of the heads just the exploding like 
guts and blood raining down everywhere. It's, I'm like, I'm just expecting it at this point. This show is just so <laughs> absurd. <laughs> just you know what's crazy to me, though, when I think about it? Think about your whole life. How many people have you seen, like, die on screen? In my, like, actually people die on yes. screen? Or not, like, like real people, but, like, in movies. Oh, oh yeah. Shows. I was going to be like, real people? Wow, this is turned dark real fast. Um, in shows, I don't know. Too many, I guess. <laughs> it's some absurd number, and we're like kind of desensitized Little to it. Desensitized. I think that's in part why they do that on the boys, because if you're watching a movie and someone just gets like shot, okay, cool, quick, done. No, this is like, you're going to know this person is dead. I mean, especially since like the boys is like a meta-commentary on like worship, like icon, like similar to like how Nope is. It's like it's a meta-commentary on like, worshiping people right and uh it's like the extremes of like social media stardom and uh, reality tv is also very like socially social commentary on a lot of political stuff um like i was surprised at how politically like how much political commentary was on in season two um which was season two stormfront which is so <laughs> funny that like her name I was that. her name was Stormfront. I didn't even put that together, bro. I just knew she had storm powers. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. Um, like, like that's kind of like I don't know how many people even know what that means, but um, I just was like, I knew what that meant, and I was like, that's kind of. I was like, did they mean to do that? And I'm like, oh, yes, they very much oh, did. I'm like, man. don't they have any idea what like that means? Um, I was like, oh, yeah, no, nope, yep, I get it now. <laughs> and, yep, yep, see, it's like that finally clicked for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, so The Boys is great, but... Yeah, it's a show that has like over the top violence, but it's like it's it's kind of on purpose, you know. I think, I mean, there's like definitely things in media that have done that. I mean, like, I bring it up again, but uh, the the game, like The Last of Us, especially the second one, uh, is it, it is a very violent game, but it is it's a kind of like a condemnation of violence, but like it's not like the cheesy way, like oh don't be. It's like a condemnation of violence by showing you just like the absurdity or like not necessarily the absurdity, but the grotesqueness of like how your actions radiate out and uh, you know, the damage you cause basically. Mm. Um, That's interesting. And you got me thinking about there's, I already brought up think one Marlon Brando movie. Yeah. Last Tango in Paris. Here's another one for you. It's um the young lions. It has, Oh gosh, rat pack. Why am I blanking on his name? It's uh Dean. Dean. Yeah, do you remember the Rat Pack? I don't... Dean Martin. There you go. Oh. And it had uh, another famous actor, and it had Marlon Brando. And so it's this movie about World War II told from the perspective of three characters, Mm -hmm. two of which are American, and one of which is a German. And the German is played by Marlon Brando. And so a lot of people were up in arms with it because it humanized the German side and some of the German soldiers... And people were like, that shouldn't be the case. Like, you should only see USA and the other guys are just the enemies. But I was thinking about that in terms of censorship because, you know, that, I mean, in reality, I'm I'm not even going to talk about World War II, but there are certain perspectives that we might be missing out when we specifically censor, uh, you know, certain voices. And so I'm just curious on what your thoughts are around that because... It's something I've become more aware of, and as I've gotten older, you know, you get more set in your ways. But I think, in, in in some ways, you also become more curious about the thoughts and ideas of others. And it's so much more difficult to come together and agree on things when we aren't even willing to hear each other out. So I want to know if it got yeah. a little deep there, but yeah, no, sure I I would agree. Like I think as I've gotten older, I've kind of realized how censored our um, history was was as we were learning it uh like for example like you know in like 
don't know. Like, you learn about, like, America and, like, all the things that it's done, but then you don't really hear about all, like, the, the shitty things we do or did. And, like, our history is very, like, written one-sided as you kind of, like, learn it in school. Like, uh, it's... You don't hear about... I can't even think of anything, like, specific right now off the top of my head, but there's... Like, you, you just don't know about... Trying to think of something like, oh, like Japanese internment during World War. Well, II. I did admittedly learn that, but I'm sure other people probably didn't learn that, uh, you know, growing up. Or um, honestly, one thing I kind of been learning about recently, and I kind of like knew known this for a while, but I've only recently started kind of going more in depth about it, is that we like we whitewash a lot about like what Martin Luther King did, and like our history about that is like you know very warped in terms of you know what we learned in school versus like what actually happened um so it's it's really interesting as i've been reading more and more about it um it's kind of like fascinating that i was yeah, like wow i did absolutely. not even like realize that uh how wrong like or how history is taught like or even when we you know southern schools mostly had this kind of issue i don't think it's necessarily something that like north East schools, but the way that they taught like Confederacy, the Confederacy in certain schools is is very different, uh, you know, than what actually happened. Like it's 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 whitewashed. It's it's you know it's like supposed to be kind of bringing it down easier. It makes it seem like they're not, you know, weren't literal traitors to the country and all that stuff. And like you know, it makes them be like it was all about culture and like so you hear that all the time from southern states when they wave that freaking flag and i've even met people who were like no 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 it's about it's about states rights i'm like yeah, that's just like a <laughs> that's just something that helps you sleep at night buddy <laughs> this doesn't mean anything um states rights like what states rights it means fucking nothing all right like shut up <laughs> it's just a fallacy it's just a lie you like to tell yourself um but uh so it's just like interesting that i think even as we grow up, as kind of like you were talking about, like World War Two, like we we're kind of right off the bat, we're censoring everything. Like I feel like there's like that we get shown, like like we get shown, like for World War Two, yeah, Nazis were evil. Yeah, basically, kind of, you know what it is. Like, yes, they are objectively, yes, they're very bad, <laughs> very, very, very bad. Um, but I feel like what we don't really talk about is kind of like what led to that. You know. You don't really get yeah. the perspective in like high school and like you kind of have to go out of your way to like learn uh, what led to, you know, Nazi Germany. It's like people just think that uh, bad people took over. <laughs> like they just they just <laughs> threw over through the government and just like we're Nazis. And like that's not that's not really <laughs> that's how so it worked. <laughs> you know, it was like something that happened over the course of like literally I think like 15, 20 years in Germany. Yeah, it was like um, coming out of that World War Two, yeah, World came War World War One. It, it was it was a movement that came out of World War One, and it took over power. And like it was like a 15, 20 year movement, and probably even started before World War One. But like it really kicked into high gear because of what like the hyperinflation that happened right after World War One. Yep. Um, and you know, then there was like it was just a fascist movement that happened that took the place over a decade, and they eventually got into power at the end of the. 1920s early 1930s i want to say and then like obviously mm -hmm. they went into yeah, war in the in mid 1930s so um it's it's just it's just interesting that like you know you don't really see like you're you might not think you've gotten like a censored view on anything until you start actually looking it up yourself or reading about it then you realize that like yeah there's a lot of censorship kind of everywhere. Um, so Yeah. That was a good point there, dude. And also, I know it's funny. I was looking at, like, banned books before this in my preparation. Classic. And I found that a bunch of, or a number of books that you have called out are the ones that are banned. Like, I, and then you mm -hmm. talked about, like, dystopian societies and, yeah. and 1984 and, like, Fahrenheit 451. All those books are banned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I wonder why that is. And I was mm -hmm. just coming down to this idea that I was like, in my head, and it's how powerful is an idea? Is it necessarily the idea itself that leads to it being censored? Is it because it's so, you know, far 
on the false side that it gets centered or is it that there is some truth in it and there's fear that you know that truth it's, might undermine the it's, traditional it's, ways of the world that we can't i mean like 1984 is an anti-fascist book right it talks about authoritarian government it is a proponent of uh socialism like democratic socialism um and mm-hmm. 1984 in particular is like a massively banned book because it's it talks about like the undermining of like power and like it's a very like chilling read about like how fascist movements kind of happen and um you know and like in in just society right like and so i think it's a banned book because people see it people see these books as kind of like threats to their own power in a way right like they see like books like fahrenheit 451 Books like 1984. If you keep the edgy, like fascist movements in particular, I think tend to happen when you have an uneducated population. Like, because you know, if, you, if you're not like educated on how to spot when these movements are kind of happening, like, what are you going to do to stop it? Like, you're not. You're going to stop it. You're not. You're never going to stop it. It's going to happen. You're going to realize it before it's, it's already too late. By the time you realize that, it's like, oh nice and then they're like oh wait, well i can't really do anything now huh um so like these books are banned because they're commentary right they're commentary on like how you know fascism spreads how power remains in power how like authoritarianism is you know is caused so like they ban these books because they don't want people to learn like they don't want to be criticized because these books are basically critical of any type of authoritarian uh, government overreach essentially and so they just ban them even though that is literally you know 1984 fahrenheit 451 to ban books um so i don't know i always figured that they just do it because they don't want their uh their base or whoever to be educated in like spotting uh authoritarianism interesting i was just like yeah i was just chewing on it because i was I was thinking about some of the, you know, like, uh, it was like, like just during COVID mm-hmm. as we've seen Spotify and other podcasts as anytime somebody th- starts talking about COVID, they have to now like issue this disclaimer, like mm-hmm. this information that it's like this information is either the beliefs of this person or they give them resources to check on like, you know, what, uh, legitimate, uh, numbers there are or facts about COVID. And I was just like, you know, it's interesting that. We, you know, we're fortunate that we live in a country that is based around free speech and other kind of freedoms along those lines, but that that gets thrown up as well because then it kind of becomes that question of is the line between reality and fiction being blurred, and how is the general mass, how is are, are the general masses going to accept that? And it's just, I mean, censorship is, is, is something else, man. It really makes you think about what you're you're digesting, taking in, and internalizing as your own reality because perception is reality and when that perception is confined or limited through this a certain scope mm. then your reality is limited yeah i mean disinformation and like the misinformation that gets spread all over social media is obviously like a very effective and powerful tool like you know it's it's worked with the whole covid stuff like you know yeah people out here waging culture wars because they are you know refuse to wear a cloth mask on their face you know you gotta just ask those people every time that um, you know, they refuse to wear a mask is you just go, Hey, do you wear shoes? <laughs> oh it's the gosh. same principle. The state, the seriousness with which you just said that is what kills me. It's, I mean, it's true though, right? Like, yeah. Hey, you can't walk into this establishment and wear, wear shoes. I'm sure if that was implemented today these people would be up in arms as well. You know, like suddenly yeah. like, Hey, you have to wear shoes and be like, what? I have to do what? Uh, uh-uh. uh, Shoes or communism? <laughs> oh, no shoes, no shirt, no service. Exactly. Why and like, it? it's just like another one of those things that like a mask is just like, you know, it's just like wearing shoes now. And you're up in arms about wearing shoes. It is. It's crazy, too. That it's been like two and a half years, man. So, I mean, I know most people are like just kind of used to it now. Like, I have to do it for, for my I job. do it. I mean, I do it still, even though the CDC is just like, ha, yeah, good luck. Peace out. <laughs> Catch you next year. Oh my One million dead, baby. Woo! Let's go. <laughs> going strong, going strong. Going strong. Ah, oh, man. You would say. Yeah, dude. It's 
it's great. Like I said, censorship is, is a fascinating thing. And it's it's amazing that it doesn't just extend to like books and popular culture. It's just like it touches literally everything. Things we probably don't even consider. I mean, and yeah. So, uh, and part of me is like, you know, we, maybe we should censor more. You know, maybe we should look at those disinformation campaigns on uh, the social medias and be like, no, shut you down. <laughs> <laughs> talk to talk to Mark, Mark Z. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care. It makes him too much money. You're right, <laughs> but he uh, they do have like that. They Facebook initiated the disinformation like task force, which was meant to help try and crack down on all those things. So the fact that you know now everybody's aware of it and their whole task I don't think it's gonna stop. Like it, just because we're aware of it, we like we can't assume that everyone is. Like I was watching a compilation of like some TikToks. Of like Civil War TikToks, you know, people who uh, saw the Trump getting raided as like a, a time to, uh, you know, do the Civil War, and it'd be you'd be amazed at how dumb these people are. Like they have, they're completely out of the loop. You know, like they fall for all of the hoaxes, the disinfo. It doesn't really help that you know you have it. Like, you know, it's just like sometimes I'm just like maybe we need a little censorship. Maybe we need to go in and just do a little censorship. <laughs> But I think that's like the scary thing is that censorship, like le- it helps to legitimize that because it makes people question whether well, like why is it getting good censored? Information, things that we need to know is being censored or like how that's working. So it's it's kind of getting people all kinds of confused, which is crazy to me, man. Mm-hmm. I I wonder if like these people ever like when they ban books like 1984 that in like adds like to any of these types of people to go like maybe I should read it. Like why are they banning that book? Like I feel like these yeah. people though, like they'll see like something on like Facebook, like their favorite news source being like, you know, like Amer like AmericaPatriot.org is like their news w- website, and like, you know, they see that getting censored or taken off. They're like, oh my god, censorship, free speech, yada yada. But when they see like a book like 1984 getting banned, they say nothing. Like I feel like they just don't care. I remember when Mouse got censored. That was like last year or two years ago. A book is like literally a book about, about the Holocaust. Yeah, <laughs> and it's from like mice, and they're like, "Nah, like we can't have that." It's like I think it's too woke. Cited as the reason that <laughs> it couldn't be, but they're drawn mice, so that's the thing. Animal Farms banned. You know, a book about bro, wild. Why I actually like kind of liked Animal Farm. I liked Animal Farm. I actually did read. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. It was good. I remember watching the movie. Oh, I didn't know that a movie. Yeah, it's like, it's like an animated movie. I kind of want to see that now. I don't know if it's. I don't know who made it. Honestly, I just watched it in school after we read the book. Was it like like the book, or do they take some creative liberties? Uh, as far as I can remember, it was very much like the book. Not like Animal Farm is not that long, so I feel like you can just easily. Yeah, just, it's, just, it's just a quick read. Yeah, it was easy to adapt into like a ninety minute movie or something. Um, so I just I remember that, and I I don't I was like ninth grade. <laughs> My real question is, being... did they have songs in there? Or was it no, like I don't think there's any songs. I think it was oh, you man. know just straight up Animal Farm, just an animated movie. <laughs> It would have been legendary if the pigs were like, we love to work, work, work. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. It has been a number of years. Maybe okay. maybe there is a, a, the pigs break, break out and talk about love and labor. <laughs> well, we'll keep you all posted. I'll, I'll watch that right now. <laughs> That'll be the next movie we critique on this podcast. There you go. That's, that's the one. <laughs> Animal Farm made in 1996. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no, dude, like literally, honestly, I feel like I could just go on all day about censorship. It's like a tough topic, I think. It's a tough topic to like talk about because I think a lot of people have very passionate opinions about like what we should do. I think when they see like things like disinformation about like COVID, they'd be like, no, we got to shut that down. We got to shut that down. Um, But when they see like, oh, you know, why are we censoring like this movie? You know, it's just like, who cares? It's just a film. It's trying. It's art. It's art. Like we can't censor yep. art, um, but like so, it's like I definitely think it's it's a lot more nuanced. I don't think it's very binary. Like um, censorship is, definitely. you know, it's a it's a tough thing to tackle. And I know we kind of like steered away from like talking about this from like a movie perspective, know, yeah, but yeah, yeah. like um, I think it's I mean it's it's like a, a very interesting topic to talk about, I and mean, like it's very prevalent in all forms of our 
our uh, our life. Like, and it'll be you'll be hard pressed to um, not kind of if like once you kind of like notice it, it'll be hard for you to kind of go throughout like a day or even a week of like not noticing something getting censored. Yep, definitely. Yeah, but I for me, my thing is always I want to make sure that even when I don't agree with something, I listen to hear what the perspective is. That's, that's, I try to do that too. And, you know, usually just ends up me like stopping every paragraph yelling about how they're wrong and then reading on and doing the same thing over and over again. Definitely. But yeah, no dude, but I love it when, and this is going to sound wild when you can find those things that you can agree on, I think. (laughs) <laughs> moving forward you know my bid for president that's how we're gonna you know make it as a country we're gonna and as a world <laughs> we're just gonna find some commonalities and then just build out from there we're gonna there ain't no commonality ultimately. you got hogs you got hogs wanting civil war baby they went after their cult leader they want blood are you talking about animal form or is this real life now no, this is real life there's like people right now want civil war i'm not even kidding at least some spineless conservatives do. <laughs> you know? oh because they're not going to do anything. They're not going to do shit. But, I mean, someone did try to attack the FBI. And they got That's yeeted. Crazy. So, Oh, dude, what? They got yeeted, boy. They got Where yeeted. Where have I been? Bro, you have to be. You got to be reading the news. This, this past week was juicy stuff, let me tell you. Who oh was, was popcorn? It was Ew. absolute popcorn. Not only did the guy raid and try to attack the FBI, but like he was shot and killed by them, and he died mid-tweet. Oh, absolutely! You fantastic. said mid-tweet. Mid-tweet. He was typing a tweet. He was typing a tweet, and he died mid-tweet. It's fantastic stuff. That's terrifying. Wow, <laughs> people! There is more that makes us the same. I was actually on Truth that... Social, which is you know Twitter, but better, you know. Oh, okay. I want to like check that out. I kind of like no, you don't. Down the rabbit hole. <laughs> no, you don't. You do not want to oh, jump down man. the rabbit hole of Truth Social. In fact, there was like somebody posted this meme. I'll show you later because you know we're we're <laughs> we're letting this podcast oh, drag on. To be discussed. To be discussed later. <laughs> to be discussed. Oh my god. Uh, anyways, is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of the uh, <laughs> censorship topic here? I feel like we could go on for a while, but we're at like fifty-five minutes, so. All right. I think it's about that time. About that time. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. This has been the Hawachigan Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Bud. Joined with me, as always, is the wonderful Jordan Palmer. You can catch our episodes every Monday evening. Make sure you follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Hit us up on social media. Palmer, why don't you let them know? You can hit us up on social at Instagram at what you got podcast, what you spelled W H A T C H A, and on Twitter at what you got cast, what you spelled the same way. And where you apologize for missing the last two weeks, things just get crazy. We're going to try to be better by announcing when we're off. So we're going to be back next week, though. We're definitely, we're definitely having episode next week. So till next time.